Sirius XM, The Message, Sunday Praise. to the rain, trusting all her beauty, giving what she needs, if I listen closely, I can hear her sing to me, hold on love, things are gonna get better, things are gonna get better, I know it's hard, hold on love, things are gonna tried to run but still you came and you stepped into the dark cause that's just the kind of God you are 
When heaven seems beyond my reach You still see eternity in me You're turning ashes into art Cause that's just the kind of God you are It's in the empty tomb It's on the rugged cross Your death defying love Is written in the scars You'll never quit on me You'll always hold my heart Cause that's the kind of God you are You gave me freedom from my sin You told me start again all the hurt is dead and gone now we're your daughters and your sons amazing grace how sweet the sound we once were lost but now we're found forever you hold us in your arms cause that's just the kind of I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My day to pray from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from 
Well, good morning. I'm going to do announcements early today, and so we have a few things going on, so I'm going to go ahead and do the announcement. Everybody listening, say amen. 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 All right. You won't remember this, but everybody listen. Um, We do need to remember uh, Sister Louise Jackson. She is uh, really, really sick today, so please remember her uh, in your prayers. Don't forget to be praying for her. Uh, Our sunrise service is April the 9th on Easter, and it will be at 6.30 a.m., and uh, Brother Cody Fox is going to be, uh, going to be not singing, but preaching for us that morning. So uh, Brother Cody's going to be uh, preaching our sunrise service. And then, of course, we will come in here uh, at 11, and we will have our, um, we will have our uh, service, our Easter service. But we'll have um, just the same. Everything's the same except uh, the sunrise service. And then Sunday night... We will do the Lord's Supper here, so you be back for that on April the 9th. Um, we are going to do some uh, movie nights, uh, Christian movies, uh, kids' Christian movies, different things over in the fellowship hall. But we're not going to do it if we don't have help. So, everybody listening? Right after church, if you will stay for just a few moments, if you would like to help in that uh, area... If you'll stay for just a few moments, we need to talk to you about that. So uh, please, right after church, just for a few moments, stay. And uh, we are going to talk about uh, doing that over in the fellowship hall. And maybe even outside during the summer. We have done that outside in the summer. Uh, We have uh, Brother Barry Simpson and Mike Wooten. Uh, Raise your hands. There they are. And Mike's going to come up at the end of the service and say a few words. So I want you to listen really good to him. Uh, today we've been announcing this for a few weeks they're with the foundation and we've been announcing this for a a little while so I want you to listen a little bit to them and then tonight they're going to be back and uh, they'll give you their um, uh, take on the foundation and what all is going on there so make sure you're here Um, the seniors uh, have a dinner on March the 17th I'm sorry I didn't mean to do this Uh, brother David was going to do that okay that's good on March the 17th at 5 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall, and you need to bring a big side dish. When I say it, I, this big. All right? Big side dish. And uh, wear green, and y'all are going to have fellowship over there, so don't forget that. That starts at 5 o'clock on March the 17th at 5 o'clock. So that's all the announcements. You can talk for... One minute, and then we'll start.
good. He is worthy of our worthy of our worship today. Psalm 29 tells us, give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the glory, to the Lord, glory and strength. So let's stand this morning as we sing to God be the glory. <clears throat> today to remind the senior saints of grace about Friday night. Now don't forget it, five o'clock, that's our St. Patrick's Day uh, dinner, so don't forget that. Thank you, Brother Curtis. 
How do you know? so good to be in the house of the Lord. How many of you know that God wants his people to be happy? Amen. Are you happy? Amen. I hope you're happy. Am I on you? I'm on. I hope you're happy because I'll tell you what, when you get saved, he brings that joy in your heart like no one else. And I'm so thankful to be saved this morning. Well, it's time that we go to the Lord in prayer for our offering. And uh, we want to say to all of you that are watching us online today and different things, listening to us, we so appreciate you being with us today. And we want to say to you, if you get to feeling better, if you're sick and you get to feeling better, we'd like to invite you to come into our congregation here. You'll like these people. These people are nice people, and they'll treat you really good. So you come on and uh, be part of our congregation. But thank you for watching today. And uh, we're giving you this chance right now to give back. Most of you know how to do that. You've done it so long now, and you know how to give, and we thank you for that. Just never take anything away from your church. Uh, give your tithes to your church. If you'd like to give an offering to this church, that would be fine, and we appreciate that. For all of you that are in the congregation after church, uh, the box is in the back. You know how to do that, and we appreciate We appreciate the way you give here. Uh, we have the best giving church that I know of, and we really appreciate uh, you giving. Thank you for what you do uh, for God's work. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for this opportunity. Father, we love you. We lift you up. Father, you're so good to us. Thank you that one day you're going to come and get us, and we're going to be in heaven with you forevermore. But Father, while we're here on this earth, help us to fulfill what you've given us to do. And Father, help us to be the ministry here in this area that wins souls. And Father, I pray for those today that give. I pray, Father, that you will bless them. And Father, those that really want to give but just don't see a way, I pray, Father, that you will make a way for them so that they can give back to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here today. Now, Holy Spirit, we give you the right to do whatever you want to in this service. This is yours. And we've just come to be part of it. We've just come to worship. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In your precious, sweet name, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Good morning. I know you know this song, so if y'all want to stand and sing with us this morning, that's fine. If you don't, you can sing with us while you're sitting there. We're going to sing, um, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Holy, holy is he. Revelation song this morning. Was and is and is to come. 
I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender. They're leading. But I'll have no fear, for I know Jesus walks beside me. And I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise. For they won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. But He walks with me. This morning, we are going to speak this morning on the passion of the Holy Spirit, or to have passion. For the Holy Spirit. A lot of pastors will not preach a lot on this, but I enjoy preaching on it, and I want you to listen this morning, because I believe God has a message for us. I really believe that, that it's for us, and here's what He wants for us. The Bible says in verse 6 of chapter 4 of Zechariah, then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but listen now, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, by his spirit, his spirit. Let's thank the Lord for the reading of his word. Father, we love you. Thank you for your precious word. Lord, take your word, use it today in our hearts. Help us to never be the same because we've heard your word. And Father, we'll praise you for what you do in this service. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Tell somebody you love them before you sit down there.
Miss Becky back up here singing. Miss Becky was uh, real, real sick during the COVID time. She had COVID and she was in the hospital for three weeks. Is that right? Three weeks. And God brought her out of that. Now she's up here singing. Amen. 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 Yeah. I know you've heard this story, but I'm going to tell you again because it just kind of takes us to the place we need to go, but we won't finish that place until we get into the message. But most of you have heard the song, Heart of Worship. We're going back, we're coming back to the heart of worship. Well, I want to give you the background of that song and then we'll get into the message today. The man that wrote that song, his name was Matt Redman. And what happened was his pastor was trying to teach his church the real meaning of worship. So to show that worship is more than music. He did not allow any singing in their service for a long period of time. While they learned to worship the Lord in other ways. But during that time, God moved on the heart of this man, Matt Redman, to write this classic song. And I want you to listen to some of the words this morning. It says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I want you to know this morning that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. If we get out of Him, then we might as well just go home, turn off the lights, shut the doors, lock them, because it's about Him. So in saying that, how do we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives? How do we experience the Holy Spirit in our church? I found when the church becomes aware of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing and the things that He's doing in the church, then the church gets excited. Things start happening in God's house when the Holy Spirit is moving. Matter of fact, it completely changes the meaning in God's house when the Holy Spirit is moving among us. You see, the church has a passion. If we do have a passion for God to show up, it'll change everything around us. Our Sunday schools will be more exciting when the Holy Spirit shows up. Our church services, our Wednesday night services, our youth Church upstairs, our kids upstairs, anything that we do in here will become exciting if we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our church services. He'll become all-consuming. It won't be about us, but it'll be about Him. A lot of times we come to church and we think it's about us. It's not about you. It's about coming to church to worship him to lift him up and magnify him because how many of you know this morning he is the only one that is worthy of our praise 
It'll become an obsession in your life if a Holy Spirit shows up. Today, I want to talk about the need for us as Christians, and I'm talking to men and women of God today, us as Christians, our church, to reignite the passion for seeing God move in our services. Folks, listen to me. We need God to move in our services. We need Him. We cannot do without Him. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit to move in a mighty way in our lives. Now this word passion, as I used, Holy Spirit passion, this word passion is a word that should be on every Christian's vocabulary. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, when we think of the word passion and the passion of a Christian or the passion of a Christian church, a place where we meet and Christians meet, we can think about words like this. Zeal. Fervor. Excitement. Intensity. Vitality. But if the opposite is true in a church, here's what happens in a church. The opposite of passion is cold, unemotional, frigid, frozen, icy, cold-hearted. How many of you know this morning we don't want anything like that? We don't even want to be close to that because, as I recall, Jesus said, do not be lukewarm. You see, we are either cold or hot. We are either passionate or uncompassionate. That's who we are in our lives as Christians. Our hearts are either explosive towards the things of God or unresponsive and dead towards God. We can't be in the middle, church. Your life cannot be in the middle. Our lives have to be hot for God or cold for God, not lukewarm. So I asked you this morning, in your Christian life, where you stand right now, where you're at right now, would you consider yourself hot for the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, is your soul on fire for Jesus? You have that Holy Spirit passion in your life to see souls saved, to see your family changed, to see your co-workers changed, your neighborhood changed, or are you cold and indifferent for the things of God? Did you get up this morning and say, wow, it's time to go to church. Man, I'm going to the house of God. Or did you get up this morning and say, wow, we're having breakfast this morning. <laughs> I mean, come on. Is everybody with me? We're either cold or we're hot. That's what the Bible says about this Holy Spirit passion in our life, and I asked you this morning, which are you? Where are you this morning? So just for a few moments, and it'll be just a few moments, I want to look at these people that we're going to pull up today that were passionate for God. Some were not, but I want to talk about some that were. The first thing I want to talk about these people is that they had a passion to experience God's presence. Are you afraid of God's presence this morning? 
Are you afraid when the Holy Spirit shows up in a congregation, in a church, in a personal? Are you afraid when the Holy Spirit starts moving in the church? Does that get you uncomfortable when that happens? Because I want you to understand, the story of Exodus 32 kindly tells us what a man that was passionate for God and then people that were not passionate for God. I want to give you a little background. Many of you will recall when Moses went up to the mountain and met with the Lord, he received the commandments. While he was meeting with the Lord, something happened down below. Everybody remember that, amen? Well, the people of Israel thought for sure that Moses and God had abandoned them. So, what happened? So, they made themselves a God to worship. Matter of fact, you, you know it's kind because it's the same kind that people have today and many people that come to church on Sunday morning, and you may have it too, People aren't patient enough to wait for God's guidance and instruction in their lives. They just want to move ahead by themselves. They want to leave God behind and go forward themselves. Uh, They want to leave God behind and make their own God in their lives. It comes out in many ways. Sometimes it comes out in your profession you want to you know have this or that and you want to move up to here move up to there and you just make that your God sometimes you make money in your life your God sometimes you make another person your God so I asked you this morning who is your God who do you worship who do you love Who do you care about the most in your life? Because God really wants to know. So they just made themselves a God to worship. Sometimes they they decided to go another direction. And how many of you know usually that direction you try to go in, how many of you know it dishonors God? It dishonors the one that you say you love when you do that. So Moses comes down from the mountain, we all know the story, and discovers a golden calf that they put in place of the true God. You know what happened? He was angry. The Bible says that he took the tablets that God had just given him. you got to cut that air. My nose is running, buddy. (laughs) I'm sorry. So he took those tablets God gave him and he smashed them. It's important to know, though, that God had warned Moses in Exodus 32.7 what was going to happen. He said, Thy people, and he's talking to Moses, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Did you understand that? These are God's people. And God said they have corrupted themselves. How many of you know we live in a corrupted time? How many of you know today there's a lot of corruption going on? Oh, you don't have to walk far to see it. Some places you can even see it in the church house. You can see it at work. You can see it in your families. You know you don't have to walk far. You don't have to go far to see corruption. Well, God said your people, the ones that you led out of Egypt, 
They're down there and they have corrupted themselves. God even suggested that he might even destroy them. He said, I'm just going to destroy these people and start all over again with you, Moses. But Moses intercedes with that. And God spares them such a gracious God. You see, eventually Moses and God have another conversation in which God agrees to fulfill his part of the covenant. And here's what he says. Here's what God says to Moses after, you know, Moses pleaded for him. God says this in Exodus 33, 3. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. You know, a lot has changed here. Even today, the same thing is in everywhere. We have a lot of stiff-necked people. A lot of hard-headed people. (laughs) My mama used to say, you've got such a hard head. Unappreciative people. Oh, God owes me. He owes me. God understands my sin. He knows my sin's okay. No, He doesn't. And you might be here this morning and you know you say you're saved. You say you love the Lord. You say, now preacher, don't talk to me that way. I'm just saying, you say you know the Lord. But you've got this little thing that you're holding in your heart and you think that God understands that little sin that's in your heart. He doesn't understand it. You see, we either have Holy Spirit passion for Him or we don't. Did Israel, did they stop being God's chosen people because of what they did? No. Did God continue to fulfill his part? Yes. Shake your heads. He did. So what was missing? What is missing in this story? Well, I want to stop right here to tell you that God has brought salvation to us and he has given the opportunity for us to live eternally with him. And God has fulfilled his part of the deal with us. How many of you understand that? Jesus died on the cross. What a sacrifice. He rose again on the third day. He's in heaven with with God. He's there, Jesus. He's fulfilled his part for us. You see, what we have to do is accept him as our personal Savior. And when we accept Him, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes in to live with us. How many know that this morning? Say amen. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you if you're saved. Now the part I want to talk about is how are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life? Because God has fulfilled His part. However, there's a lot more to this Christian life. In saying that, there's a lot more to this Christian life. We need to understand this morning and know that, that, the, that living and experiencing God's presence along the way is important to the vitality of our Christian life. 
And when I say vitality, I mean that's the excitement of you being a light to people that are lost. God has put you here for a reason, and that reason is to be salt and light. That reason is to win the lost at any cost. And how can we win the loss when we're in the middle? How can we win the loss when we're cold and not hot, but we're lukewarm? When we're not really excited about God's business and about God's house and about God's work. When we just get along, you know, it's a habit we have. We just go to church on Sunday morning because, you know, my mama took me to church and my daddy took me to church and my kids go to church and it's just a habit. Folks, it's got to become more than that if you're saved and you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to be hot about God's work instead of cold and indifferent. Do you sit there and praise the Lord when people are singing and the preaching's going on, or do you say, man, I wish they'd hurry? I've got other things to do. I just wish they'd hurry. Do you enjoy coming to church? Do you love coming to hear God's Word and, and do the things that God has given us to do here, sing and preach and teach and, and have youth? And Do you enjoy the presence of God or do you just say, it's just something to do on Wednesday night? Because there is a difference. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, there is a difference. The Holy Spirit gets excited about God's things. Moses knew without God's presence, there wasn't any reason for the Israelites to move ahead. He knew that they could not do anything if the Holy Spirit wasn't moving. Look at Exodus 33 verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou saith unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt sin with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. He said, Who are you going to sin with me, Lord? How am I going to do this without help? Who are you going to sin with me? You see, the only way people can tell we are God's children and have God's favor upon our lives, the only way that we can tell that is if they can see God in us. Do people see God in you? Because the only difference between the unbelieving and us is God's presence. That's it. God's presence makes the difference. We can be good morally. We can be good parents. We can be good friends. We can be some of these things. But listen, folks, spiritually, going to heaven, saved, knowing the Lord, the only difference is the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and dwells inside of us. And if the church don't have the Holy Spirit moving in it, we're just like any other organization on the face of the earth. We're distinguished and set apart only by God's presence. It's Him that sets us apart. It's Him that sets us apart from the world. You know what Moses wanted? 
He said, I know, he said, I, know I have your presence. I know that, Lord. I have your presence, but Lord, I want it for my people. Lord, I want my people to have your presence. I want them to know your presence. I want them to understand your presence. Listen to what he said in Exodus 33, 14. And he said, my presence, this is God, my presence shall go with thee. And I will give it, give thee rest. You see, it's one thing to see that God is with one individual, but it's another thing to see that God is with all his people that are saved and that they're letting God use them. Exodus 33:17 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Hallelujah. How many of you know Christians today, if you're saved, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, how many of you know that He knows you? He knows everything about you. He knows who you are. He knows your down settings and your uprisings. He, he knows every single little thing about you. He knows you intimately. He's your greatest friend. He's all you need. He's peace that passes all understanding. That's who Jesus is. And because of Moses' intercession, God responded positive to be present with all the congregation of Israel. Now, secondly, I've got to hurry. Only did these people have a passion to experience God's presence, but they had a passion to see God's glory. Now, here's where it gets a little sticky. To see God's glory. You see, right after God promised to be visible, Right after God promised to be present among His people, Moses still had not come to the end of his passion for God. There is no end of our passion for God. It's not that we get saved and that's the end. Folks, there is a passion for God in our lives that is burning there if we're saved. Moses said, I've got to have more. I've got to have more. You might think that Moses had seen enough of God's glory after all Moses had seen. I want you to know all that Moses seen. Listen to what he'd seen. He's seen a burning bush. He's seen the plagues of Egypt. He's seen a cloud by day and fiery pillar by night. He's seen the parting of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army coming in and it burying them and crushing them under the water. Who do you think did all that? Who did all that? Where did all that come from? It come from God. The one He served. That's who it came from. Every time I see somebody walk these aisles and give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a miracle from God. It's a miracle. Every time 
Sometimes you pray and say, oh Lord, my child is so sick. And Lord, my, my child, they're saying that, that, that she may die. She may leave this world. My child is so sick. Lord, please help me. And God comes through. That's a miracle from God. We ought to have enough shouting us to rest for the rest of our lives because we've all had something like that. We ought to be happy in the Lord and praise the Lord every time we get to come to church. You know, we shouldn't say, i got to go to church today. We should say, praise the Lord, I get to go today. He ought to change our attitudes, the way we think about things. So does Moses ever, ever get, feel, get his feel of what God is doing in his life? Listen to verses 19 and 20. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Are you listening? This is God. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I have, have will. Uh, I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. Listen why. For there shall no man see me and live. Oh, the holiness. Oh, the holiness of God. Who do we think we are to come half-hearted? Who do we think we are to come without even spending any time with the Lord Jesus Christ during the week? Folks, listen to me. If you're saved, if you're saved, you want Him to move inside of you. You want Him to work inside of you. You know, if this would have been me, I would be shaking in my boots. Amen? God says, you can't see my face. Verses 21 through 23. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. <laughs> and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock. <laughs> I will hide thee in the cleft of the rock. And I will cover thee with my hand. And I'll pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen I wonder if I took a survey of Christians how many of us would want what Moses wanted here in these verses I wonder if I said today now listen how many of you want what he has or what he saw how many wants that I wonder how many would raise their hands and say oh that's me you see, Moses was passionate. He was passionate about his love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you passionate this, this morning? Because a child of God ought to have a burning desire to see God. When we come to church, we ought to have a burning desire for God to show up. 
What have been on our knees all week beside our beds or wherever that might be, praying, God, would you show up on Sunday morning? God, would you be here with us today? Lord, would you just show up in me every day? You see, God wants to see the eagerness, the hunger, the thirst from us for Him in our hearts. That's what God wants. Christians that make themselves immovable, untouchable. I want you to know, listen to me, look at me, I'm not going anywhere. Your heart will become ice cold. God wants to show up. Sometimes we come to a place where the fiery passion that once lived in us has been put out. God will reunite that. He ignite that. He will. He will give you a passion for Him. Church, He will give us a passion for Him to show up if we want it. A passion. He'll give us a passion for lost souls. And I want you to know when Christians have a passion for God, here's what happened. He becomes the object of our obsession. We should be obsessed about Him. I'm going to give you one more thing. I've got to hurry. The third thing these people had was a passion to invite God's power. You see, a Christian, you and I need to have a preoccupation with what God might be doing and get right in the middle of it. That's who we are. We ought to have a preoccupation with what God's doing. What's God doing? Where's he, where's he working? What's he doing? What's he doing over there at your church? You know, the first thing we ask people, where do you go to church? What we ought to be asking people is, what, God, what is God doing over there at your church? If I asked you this morning, if I seen you as you come out the back door and I just said to you, hey, I need you to answer a question if you would for me. What's God doing in our church? What would your answer be? <laughs> what would your answer be this morning if I asked you that? Because I believe this. I believe our church is set for the opportunity for God to do a mighty work here. I believe that with all my heart. Folks, we are in the center of everything. We sit right in the center of everything. In this city. This church should be overflowing. There should not be a seat anywhere. We should have lost people come in every service. Because of our people here inviting lost people to come in. It should happen every service. And you know why? It, it's not because we have to. It's because we need to because the Holy Spirit is moving us that way. I shouldn't have to get up here and beg you to bring people to church. It ought to be within your heart already that, that you're a Christian and you want to see everybody you know saved. Let me ask you something this morning. Your friends that you have, how many of them are saved? Are you willing just to not say anything and let those people go to hell? 
Because that's going to happen if we don't get busy. If we don't get the Holy Ghost passion in our heart for lost souls. The opportunities will be all around us if we will allow God to move in us. In Deuteronomy 3.24 it says, O Lord God, Thou hast begun to show Thy servant Thy greatness and Thy mighty hand for what God, is, what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to You or Thy works and according to Thy mind. God, there is nobody like You. And I want you to know this morning there is nobody like our God. He's holy. He's righteous. He's almighty. He's all powerful. That's who He is. And He wants to work through you. What a blessing that is. You know what, folks? The question is, what drives you to be on fire for God? You know, here lately, it seems like that what drives people to come to church are programs, daycare. I mean, what are you doing for me? Now, come on, listen. What do you have to offer to me when it should be, Lord, I'm coming because I want to give my all. To you. Because you're my God. And I love you so much. I believe God has great things for this city. I believe God has great things for Grace Church. I really believe it with all my heart. But it takes us all. Oh, I'm going to send the pastor out Monday. We got two of them, and he can go here, and he can go there, and do all the work. No, folks. If your heart is cold, you're not going to do any work. As far as what God wants you to do, the will of God in your life. But if your heart is hot, I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't be able to hold you down with what God has for you. Now, I asked you this morning, one more time, is your... Is your heart cold towards the things of God? Or is your heart hot toward the things of God? Because God is right here, ready in this service. And you're in the midst of us. He said, I, I'll be in the midst of you. He's here. The Holy Spirit is here. All you have to do is commit to God. Listen, He'll do the rest. But it takes a commitment. God I wonder what you'll do with that today I wonder I wonder if there'll be five of you today that'll say I'm committing the rest of my life to Christ to win my friends to win my, my enemies to win those people that are lost I wonder if there's five of you here that would come to this altar to then say I'm giving the rest of my life to win people to Christ. I wonder, are there five of you that are willing to do that?
to let God set you on fire, get your heart ready to do the work of God, I wonder how many of us would say, yes, Lord, yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the word today. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that has been here today. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving in the midst of your people. I pray today that folks will come right now as we're even praying and saying, yes, Lord, yes. I'll commit the rest of my life to being on fire and winning people to the Lord. I commit myself to you. Would you come right now? There's people here. You're not by yourself. Would you come right now? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes. I'll I'll commit my life to being more.